Welcome to the Simple Faith Podcast, exploring authentic Christianity for normal people. My name is Dave Betts, and together with my wife, Sherea, we're going to explore all the things that make our faith what it is. From looking at the big picture of the Bible to exploring the tough questions that might be getting in the way of your relationship with God. We're not going to use unnecessarily churchy language, and we're not pretending that we have all the answers. And the best bit, we'll never take more than 30 minutes of your time each week. We want to keep it simple and hopefully have some fun along the way. Thanks for joining us. This week, we are tackling the topic of swearing. What does the Bible say about it? How are we to respond to it? Find out in this week's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Simple Faith Podcast. Hello. It is good to be with you again, celebrating episode number 12. Uh, Before we get going, talking about swearing or cursing, if you are North American, swearing if you're British. Yesterday, Sherea and I had a very special experience. We did. It was amazing. We went to Nando's. Nando's. Do you know Nando's? (laughs) If you're American, you probably don't know what Nando's is yet, but you will do. In Canada, there's a few Nando's. In fact, they actually shut 23 branches, which is really sad. Uh, But in the UK, it is an institution, a spicy chicken restaurant that has some of the best chicken you could ever ask for. And I missed it so much when I was in Canada the first time when we moved back. Couldn't wait to be there. And then when we left England, we thought we would never get opportunities to see Nando's. And then we went to a place called Edmonton in the north of Alberta and we got to have a Nando's and it was good. It was really good. And actually, I'm going to say something a little bit controversial. I hope nobody gets mad. But when we went to this Nando's, I thought that the peri-peri fries or chips were actually better than the ones in the UK. That's sacrilege and absolutely not true. What we did, what did happen, though, is that we asked if we could buy the peri salt because in the UK, you can do that. You can buy it from supermarkets, grocery stores. And they said no. But the waiter there was amazing and gave us a big tub of peri-peri salt to take with us. So we now have some in our house and that's the best thing ever. It's so exciting. It is really cool. He was very kind. Yeah, but you don't really care about that. What you're wondering about is what does the Bible say about swearing or cursing? What does the Bible say? Well, we live in a world where swearing, I'm going to just say swearing now because that's what I say as a Brit. Swearing is so prevalent. I mean, You just have to go onto Netflix and see the amount of content that's marked mature, often because of the language, sometimes because of the the violence or the sexual content. Uh, Think about the songs on Spotify. We actually moved away from Spotify for the longest time because we couldn't filter out explicit contents on Spotify. Um, We've actually just moved back because now you can. So that's a thing for us. And what about just in everyday life at work? I know that uh, Sherea maybe has experienced this a bit more than I have, having worked in the church for 12 years and been at Bible school and stuff. So I haven't really experienced too much swearing in my spheres, but you have, haven't you? Yeah, I think like in work and especially even in schools, um, for people in high school and people in university, it's huge. It's, you know, you're surrounded by it and that's just kind of reality. Yeah, so I wonder what it's like in your environment, in your situation. And I wonder if you've ever given it much thought as a believer. Maybe you're not a believer and you're listening just to find out what Christians think. And that's that's cool too. In the next section, we're going to look at 
what the Bible actually says about swearing. And then in section two, we're going to talk about how we should respond as a result. So should we get going? Yes, we should. Let's go. Sharia, what do you call swearing? Do you call it swearing or cursing? I've never really thought about that before. I would say swearing more, I think. I think they're interchangeable, so I could use both, but... (laughs) Let's talk about swearing. Yeah, so we're going to talk about what the Bible tells us about swearing. But before we do that, I think it'd be good to maybe first address what our culture tells us about swearing. So Dave, do you want to talk about that a bit? Well, yeah, I can talk about my experience. Your experience might be different and and listeners at home, your experiences might be different too. But in my experience, I found that swearing is kind of considered good and bad by secular culture. Have you noticed that? So, you know, like we mentioned in the introduction, it's, you know, explicit content is uh, marked and uh, language is, is marked on things like Netflix and movies and stuff like that. Uh, and yet in the same vein, it's almost seen as cool to swear uh, quite a lot of the time. Or if you're angry, it's fine. It's fine to swear because that's just a way to express your anger or your emotion at something. So it's, it's often seen as good and bad in a really weird kind of mix. And I don't think it's always been that way. Yeah, I think that's so true is that we get mixed messages about swearing. Like it's so common in a lot of our probably social circles or at work or at school, like we talked about, to be surrounded by, you know, language that isn't necessarily appropriate. Um, And yet we have a lot of different places telling us swearing's bad or don't swear in this context, but this context is okay. And I don't know, it's a bit confusing. Well, that's the thing. You said language that isn't appropriate, but but to who? It changes depending on your age, depending on your culture. Uh, There's swear words in in British culture that aren't swear words in Canadian culture, for example. Um, In fact, fun fact for you, little tidbit, there's a place in Alberta, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it is it is a swear word in British culture. As you drive past it, it's really hard to to take it seriously because it's just a straight up swear word. But in Canada, those words don't exist, so it's not an issue. Weird. Anyway, we should move on. So what do we mean when we talk about swearing? Let's make sure that we define our terms well. I think there are two types of swearing as far as the Bible is concerned. We're talking about Uh, taking the Lord's name in vain. So things like OMG, and you're going to find it's going to be really hard for us because we can't, we don't feel comfortable using those words. And so you're just going to have to use your imagination. Maybe you've never heard of those words, in which case that's fantastic. So taking the Lord's name in vain is what it's referred to as in the Bible. And then the other words, the four letter words, the slightly more than four letter words, the the nasty words, the, the dangerous words, the words that must not be spoken. So those are the two. Let's talk about what the Bible says about using the Lord's name in vain. Basically, the Bible tells us not to use the Lord's name in vain, but like, what does it actually mean to use the Lord's name in vain? Well, basically it means to empty it of meaning or to empty it of value. So it might just be like using God's name as a throwaway statement or using it in a disrespectful way because God is holy and God is above and beyond us. And so he deserves to be spoken about with reverence and and not with disrespect, I suppose. 
Yeah, the word that's translated as vain often means empty or nothing or worthless or to no good purpose. So therefore you're you're taking the name kind of with no good purpose to it. And it's a big deal. It's the third of the Ten Commandments. It says uh, in Exodus 20 verse 7, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. So it's a big deal. I mean, to be be one of the Ten Commandments, that shows us that maybe we shouldn't be doing that. And, and if you want to get a sense of how serious it was in Old Testament times, in Leviticus 24, verse 16, it says, whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him. The sojourner, in other words, the traveler, as well as the native, when he blasphemes the name, shall be put to death. So this was a huge deal. It's so normal in our culture to say things like, oh my gosh, you know, the equivalent and, uh, you know, for goodness sake, and maybe replace the word with, with Christ and things like that, you know, but actually what we see is where, although in the secular world, that's kind of low on the, the totem pole in terms of swearing, it's not even considered swearing, actually by biblical standards, that's a really big deal to, to use God's name in that way, because God is this all-powerful, almighty creator of the heavens and the earth. And so to, to speak flippantly of him, that's kind of a big deal. It's a big deal. So that's taking the Lord's name in vain. That's what the Bible says about that. And then there's those you know, offensive words, the explicit lyrics, the explicit content, you know, the ones that we think of when we think of as swearing. And it's really tricky. Here's a question. What makes something a swear word? Like language always changes. The words we use now didn't exist in Jesus' day. In fact, our language didn't exist in Jesus' day. So that's something I've always found really tough. There is no straight up commandment in the Bible that says, thou shall not use the F word. What does the Bible say? How can we create parameters that lets us know whether swearing is or isn't okay? The first one I have here is Ephesians 4.29. And it says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as it fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. So that word unwholesome, the Greek word is called sapros. Now, we, like I've said to you before, I'm not a big fan of using Greek just to show that you know the Greek, but the translation is really interesting here uh, because the word corrupting can be translated as unwholesome or bad or worthless or rotten or diseased or or corrupt you know not just corrupting but corrupt so that kind of gauge, helps us to gauge some of our language there what is unwholesome talk well that's not just swearing that's a lot of other things as well so that's ephesians 4:29 ephesians 4:31 says get rid of all bitterness rage and anger brawling and slander along with every form of malice be kind and compassionate to one another uh, forgiving one another just as in Christ God forgave you so not only unwholesome or bad or worthless or diseased or corrupting talk but also nothing that includes uh, bitterness or rage or anger. Well, often we swear in rage or anger. So that kind of takes that one out a little bit. But in Ephesians 5, it says this, starting at verse 1, it says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And here's where it's really key, starting at verse 3 here. But among you... There must not be even a hint of sexual immorality 
or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people, nor should there be uh, obscenity, also no, like it can also be translated as filthiness or baseness, or foolish talk or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. So that covers a lot of the, the swear words that we would use, right? You know, we, we no obscenity. I mean, a lot of swear words are obscene in the way that they're talking either about sexual things or um, defecating and those kinds of things. It's hard to, uh, to, to put it delicately there. Um, but then there's, there's other passages as well, like First Corinthians. Uh, I can't remember exactly where it is, but it says, so whatever you eat or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God. Whatever you do, do it to the glory of God is, is, Using swear words, glorifying to God? Well, the answer is, well, probably not, because you're talking about explicit things. But there's more passages. Another verse is Colossians 3.8, and it says, But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Yeah, we're getting a bit of an idea about what the Bible says about some of this stuff. I just want to share two more uh, passages with you. James 3, verses 9 to 12, summarizes the issue. It says, With the tongue... We praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. It's not talking about cursing in the sense that we know, but it's still talking about um, bad talk. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. In other words, the salt water kind of corrupts the clean water. It's hard to, to, pr- to praise God with, you know, fresh water. That's the idea of praising God and let corrupting talk come out of your mouth, the swearing and cursing and speaking badly of people. And I want to be clear, it's much more broad than just swearing, but, but it certainly includes it. And finally, I want to share you know, Galatians 5. You might be familiar with this. You know, we talk about the gifts of the spirit, but we'll get to that. It says, just before those gifts, it says in verse 19, now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, now we'll talk about some of those things in future episodes, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, that's an interesting one, rivalry, dissensions and divisions, uh, envy, drunkenness, orgies and uh, things like these. So that, you know, those things often are they kind of come in a package deal with swearing, don't they? Those fits of anger or rivalries or dissensions or divisions, uh, those that, that, that sense of emotion. Uh, but then it says, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Did you catch some of those? Patience. We often swear when we get impatient. Kindness. We often swear when we're saying unkind things. Goodness. Gentleness. It's very rare that you use swear words in the, the, the course of being gentle. And then Paul finishes by saying, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Well, swearing is often quite provocative as well. So so can you see, although it doesn't clearly say you shall not swear, it's pretty clear in, in what it says elsewhere that it kind of directs how we should approach swearing. So that's like the straight up 
Bible verses with no, with very little kind of contextual reality around it. So in the next section, let's talk about what does it look like to be uh, Christians in a world where swearing is so normal? So in a nutshell, we see that the Bible is not terribly positive about the idea of using bad language. You know, in, in Leviticus, it talks about uh, not using the Lord's name in vain. In the, and the third commandment as well of the Ten Commandments talks about not lose, using the Lord's name in vain. And then we have a lot of passages that talk about offensive talk, unwholesome talk, uh, crude language and things like that. Even if it isn't specifically pointing out specific swear words. Now, here's the complicating factor. How do we apply this to an ever-changing culture uh, where language is always changing and shifting? I think there's three principles. There's, there's one, there's like the God principle. How are we honoring God in what we, uh, we do? Secondly, we don't want to cause offense to other people. And, and thirdly, we need to be aware of the influences that are around us in our lives. So Sheree, should we talk about each one of those? Let's start by talking about how we should honor God. Yeah. So I think the obvious one there is how we use God's name. And so that's a big one. I mean, it's so easy to express ourselves, you know, with those words like OMG or yeah, you know them, but yeah, what we say, I think is a huge reflection on what is in our heart and God looks at our heart. So it's important. I think the key thing is that when we choose to follow Jesus, we have God himself, the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. And what we say is a reflection of our hearts. It's a reflection of God. When people who don't know Jesus hear the way we talk, that reflects on God. And that's a big deal. You know, and we want to worship him in everything. I think that that passage in James is really key. You know, we don't want to mix fresh water and salt water. We want to, we want to give everything we have to God. And, and that's a really incredible thing when we strive to give God all that we have there's no space for those kind of, that kind of language or I mean why do we swear like do we swear we swear because we have like emotion that we want to get out or we want to try and impress people or you know why do you think you know, if you're someone that swears regularly or occasionally why do you think it is you know for me when I became a believer I used to swear all the time mainly because I thought it was cool if I'm honest I thought it was cool and then realized that it kind of wasn't well we want to honor God Secondly, we don't want to cause offense. So I want to speak a little bit into this. Uh, I have friends who will uh, call themselves believers and at the same time will uh, chastise, will criticize people for not liking it when they swear. And they will uh, particularly use the S word an awful lot on their social media stuff. And I really struggle with it. And here's why. Because it's selfish. Fundamentally, it's selfish. Our job is not to cause offense to people. It's to bring, be bringers of peace, to be bringers of goodness and gentleness and self-control. And it's all very well. You might not be offended by using certain words. And if you're not offended by using the S word, for example, well, that's fine. I, I think that's where it gets complicated. If you're, going to use, if you're in a context where, you know, in a farm context, particularly in, you know, the prairies of Canada, Lots of farmers say the S word and don't think anything of it. It's not offensive to them. But if you're using the S word and it has the potential that it might be offensive to some people, 
then don't use it. You know, there's other words that we would use, I think Sharia and I would use, that would be offensive to older people, but it's not offensive to younger people. Well, I'm not going to use it in front of older people because I don't want to offend them. Our job is not to cause offense to anyone. So if you, uh, like, I'm going to say this fairly bluntly, but if you don't care about the impact your words are having on people, you need to take a look at yourself because that's not reflecting well on God. It's not honoring God and it's not honoring the people around you. It doesn't matter if you don't find it offensive, if other people do. Okay. That's a, that's a really uh, important thing. We don't want to cause offense to people. So if there's any question mark, don't use it. Now, there's also the aspect of unwholesome talk and, you know, using the S word is an unwholesome word, although that could be open to, to debate. I think the big thing is don't cause offense. Shreya, do you have anything that you would add to that? No, I think that you pretty much summed it up. And yeah, it is It is hard because in a lot of our, especially with our friends or our coworkers, it doesn't feel like what we say is offensive to them because they, people around us use those words all the time. And I understand that. I have worked in a lot of places where nobody would think twice um, about using the F word and the S word and things like that. But I think we have to remember that, yeah, as Christians, we represent Jesus and we, we are called to live differently than the world. And so I think it's important to kind of check our hearts and, and think about, are we just using these words to fit in when we know that maybe they, they aren't necessarily helpful and they don't add in the conversations we have with people around us? Or can we genuinely say that it's, it's not offensive and it's not impacting people negatively when we use them? Yeah. Okay. So with, with swearing, we want to honor God and we don't want to cause offense. And thirdly, we need to be careful of the influences around us. Now, this is where it gets sticky because I know that many of our listeners will watch things on Netflix where swearing is, is super prominent or listen to music where swearing is super prominent. And well, the question is, should you? Should you be in a place where you immerse yourself in that language? I spent probably the first six years of my Christian walk watching some of the most obscene stuff and just thinking it was fine because I wanted to be in the world, but not of the world. I wanted to know about some of this stuff so I could talk about it with people and then share Jesus. And it was very noble, but I think there were challenges because it influenced me more than I realized. Now the stuff you watch, and this is more broadly than swearing, the stuff you watch has an impact on you. Now you might be watching uh, incredibly violent incredibly sexual uh, or incredibly bad language filled shows, that's going to affect you. You know, it's, it's like salt water uh, impacting that spring water, right? And we need to be careful of that. We have to be aware of those influences, but here's, here's the rub. I think we have to be careful not to force our expectations onto other people as well. So for example, I'm a twin. My brother swears like a trooper. Uh, he swears a lot. Now, I find that really hard. Can I tell him off for swearing? Well, no, his standards are different to mine. He doesn't believe in Jesus. So his standards are not the Bible. He, will, he wants to live his way, do his own thing. What I can do is I can respectfully ask him not to swear because I find it offensive. But I have to be careful and recognize actually He's got his own set of rules and I've got my own set of rules. But there are things that I can do to, to minimize my own influences. So things like Netflix or the music that I listen to, I can listen to things that are wholesome so that when I'm in an environment that is unwholesome, I have uh, Jesus to fall back on to, to keep me 
somewhat pure. I mean, ultimately, the reality is we are all sinful and broken. And if it wasn't for Jesus, we'd all be messed up, right? But I think that's a really important thing is just to be aware of those influences. And I think I've probably rambled a little bit, but I don't know, Sheree, would you would you add anything there? No, I think it, it's good. I think it's just good to remember that actually like the things that we expose ourselves to do have an influence on us and uh, whether we recognize it right away or not. Yeah, Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, swearing is it's tempting. You know, when people are, when you're around lots of people who swear, it's tempting to do it. But I want to encourage you, be in the world, but not of the world. Uh, avoid these things when you can. And if you do have to be around it, set yourself apart. Because you are set apart. You are set apart for Jesus. You are uh, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. You are children of God. Now you don't need, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. You don't need to be swearing. You have you have God with you. Why would you need to swear? Why do you need to be using unwholesome or filthy language? You don't. You just don't. And I know that sounds hard. Uh, you might be hearing this thinking, oh, get off our backs. You know, we we want to do what we want to do. It doesn't affect us. Well, that's between you and God. And we're not going to mandate that it's a horrendous sin if you're swearing. I mean, it's, it's something that you have to be very aware of. And if you genuinely, hand on heart, believe that you are growing closer to God with the language that you use, well then go for it. But you have to really check your heart on that. So that's, that's kind of an, an introduction to swearing. This is a bit more of a subjective conversation. In other words, it's a bit more of our opinion, but I hope we've presented a case that, that shows that the Bible isn't as unclear as maybe we think it is. In, and maybe we need to think about when and where we use language and, and how it's perceived by people. So yeah, we hope you found that helpful. Um, and in the next section, we're going to play a game. Now, you may not know this because we try really hard to keep our episodes to 30 minutes at a time. And that's something that may change in the future because it's getting increasingly difficult. But we've got about an hour's worth of recording here that we're about to try and cut down. So before we even start editing it, I want to tell you now that it has been brutal to try and keep this down to half an hour. And that may or may not change. Let us know what you think. If you want that to change, let us know. Um, if you want to read some of these passages or go over what we've said in a bit more detail, uh, there'll be some information on simplefaithpodcast.com. You can ask us questions here or on social media uh, at Simple Faith Podcast. Uh, but now I thought we'd we'd play a game. I mean, it's not really a game because I'm organizing it and I'm not really very good at these things. But I was thinking how we've been talking about language that is offensive and language that can maybe be more influencing than we would like to, to think. Well, let's talk about uh, words that are really encouraging to us or really helpful or beneficial. So Shreya, I would love to hear maybe your top three worship songs right now. Um, and then maybe I'll share mine as well. So what are your top three worship songs? It's just for a bit of fun. I'd just love to hear what you think. That's a really hard one because there's lots, but um, the ones that come to mind would be this, I believe. I like that one because it's just like a good reminder of the basics. 
it's just nice. And then I really like the song Heart of Worship. I don't know. It just strikes a chord with me, brings you back. And then my third one would be The Lion and the Lamb. Really interesting. So two proper oldies and one relatively, relatively new song. I would never have guessed Lion and the Lamb. There you go. Um, For me, Great Things by Phil Wickham. That's kind of on repeat at the moment. God, You're So Good, the passion version, Unreal. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. That one. Um, Really like that one, actually. And uh, number three, what would number three be? Um, I'm going to go with Build My Life. I don't even know who originally wrote it. We just sing it so much at church. And I really like that one. So there you go. I have to admit, I'm not as up on contemporary worship songs as I used to be as a worship pastor. I've kind of gotten a bit lax there. There you go. Friends, what are your favorite worship songs? Are there any new songs that we need to hear? Um, Oh, there's a new one called Christ Be Magnified. It's not even that new anymore, but that was a really good one. Christ Be Magnified. I can't remember who wrote it. Cody Cairns or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, it's just a bit of fun, really. Just an opportunity for us to share a little bit of what's on our heart with you. Um, as well as talking about some theological topics because we want to get to know you guys and we want you to get to know us. So do get in touch with us. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Remember, in summary, what we're saying is that uh, there's two types of swearing. There's taking the Lord's name in vain, um, you know, OMG, etc. And then there's the offensive words. And the Bible is pretty clear about both of those. And, and our response is, well, one, we want to honor God in what we say and do. And two, we don't want to cause offense to people. So we have to be very mindful of that. And three, we have to be careful of the influences that we're allowing into our lives. So I wonder if those things uh, are maybe speaking to you in any way. And if so, pray about them and maybe even uh, say sorry to God for kind of straying a little bit. It might mean a lifestyle change for you and, and that's okay. You know, God calls us to hard things. So that's the end of this week's episode, episode 12. Next week, we are talking about tattoos. What does the Bible say about tattoos? Well, we will find out. See you then. See you then.